How you come back? That speaks volumes. And we're going to have a hell of a football team. Be great on three. One, two, three. Are you with me now? Said, are you with me now? They felt us good in a while. They want us to sit down. Can you hear me now? Am I going in and out? I stop and just look around. To see if you're with me now. Tell me how you're with me now. Ready to put it down. Start at the bottom. I'm ready for God. But they won't forgive me now. You really ain't ready now. You hated just in the crowd. But still I just look around. Now you with me now. Why you with me now? Whoa. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Coming at you today with episode 62. And we were about halfway through training camp. We talked last week, the season prediction show, about how we're a week out from training camp. And and now we're about halfway through it. And uh, we've got a lot of good things to say about it. So we'll get into those here shortly. But welcome back to the show for a brand new episode if you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And Evan, how are you doing today, my man? Pretty good. Um, but yeah, well, well, do you consider, question, do you consider, like, training camp to be the things before the preseason? Like, once the preseason starts, do you still consider a training camp? Uh, not really. I think preseason okay. comes around, you get your first look at, like, in-game action against other teams, you know, guys that you don't see in the building on a regular basis, guys you don't run into in the locker room. So there's definitely a different different element okay. to playing a game in the preseason yeah. in the training camp. But well, I, I like to believe we're halfway through training camp, right? Yeah, but, but, <laughs> well, when you said that, I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, if you're counting right. preseason games, haven't even played a preseason game yet, I'm like, you're nowhere near halfway through training well, camp. I get that. I get that. <laughs> I, I guess the argument could be made, but I consider training camp up until the preseason. After that, it's just practice. But you can call it whatever you want to. Basically, what it means at the end of the day is that and, the Bucks are in the building day in and day out, and they're and practicing. Actually, one uh, one week from today, we are recording this Friday, August second. Uh, one week from today, Friday, August ninth, the Bucks will be in Pittsburgh taking on the Steelers. Absolutely, man. And uh, <laughs> we've got some announcements about that game towards the end of the show, uh, but we'll get to those when we do. But yeah, I, I mean, the Hall of Fame game was on last night. Falcons quarterback Matt Schaub finished with like negative two yards, I think. <laughs> it was uh, it was nice to see the Falcons play from behind, and they weren't able to get it done with Dirk Cutter on their sideline. So that that really did put a smile on my face. But football's back, Evan. Football is it back. Is. It's here. It is. And I, I just want all of it in my veins because it's the most exciting time of the year. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know what to expect out of this season. Like, going into it, it's easy to look back. Like, I was listening back to our season prediction show – but I'm not going to lie. I genuinely don't know what to expect because this isn't yeah. Dirt Cutter's team anymore. It, it's just not. It's a much different time and a much different team headed forward. So I have no idea what to expect. But wow. 
I, I don't think there's any middle ground. This is either going to be very bad or yeah. it's going to be very good. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's going to be something. But we're going to break down everything that we've seen from training camp up until this point today. Um, I was able to get out to training camp a few days ago, July 30th. We got the video up on our YouTube channel if you want to check that out. Um, I got to get out there. I met up with our buddy James, Mr. Bucks Nation, hell of a guy. I uh, got to meet up with the Pewtercast guys, Brent and Wren, and it was a good day at training camp. After training camp, we all met up at the press box, a bar, sports bar off of Dale Mabry. We had some chicken wings, and we recorded an episode of Wren's training camp journal. So that is actually uploaded now. It's the RTJ number three with, like I said, myself, Wren Dax, Brent Allen, and James, Mr. Bucks Nation. Make sure you go check that out. If you want to hear about our day at training camp, if not, it's all good. You can stay here and listen to us. But one of the biggest things that I took away from that training camp, BA and his staff run a tight ship. They really do. Like it is, it is a system. Uh, It's a much different tone to any type of practice we've seen uh, in years past. You know, no music, no distractions, Unless you count yep. hundreds to a thousands of so, fans. Um, well, so it, it's all, I, I, it's I all did business. hear heard Brent say, I listened to the, the show, um, the training camp journal, and I heard Brent say that he didn't hear a curse word. So did you hear a curse word at all? Um, I heard Eight. one subtle, I heard one subtle, get your ass back in the huddle. And I think it was from Todd Bowles. But I didn't okay. hear anything that would warrant some earplugs. So it, the point that he made, I was a little disappointed. But at the same <laughs> time, we didn't hear everything. We weren't we weren't earshot most of the time. So there could have been some uh, some words exchanged that we didn't entirely catch on to. But I'm it was sure pretty, it was sure pretty tame was. from I think what we would see on a game day. I can only imagine someone on the sidelines getting torn up on game day. On game day, they don't even. I mean, they might not even be angry and just still just <laughs> throwing everything out there. So yeah, really. Um, but going back to what I said about this environment, one of the biggest things I noticed was just this environment as a whole. Like, there's a lot of coaching going on. You think about years past where there's loud music at training camp, there's distractions, there's fans everywhere. Granted, you're gonna have fans everywhere this year, but there's a lot going on, and I think there's more room for guys to. Maybe between reps when they're not necessarily supposed to be paying attention. They're bobbing their heads, listening to music, having a good time. There is none of that out there. Yeah. All the guys who were standing on the sideline were either getting water or standing there ready to jump in at any moment because that's something else we saw. First and, tech, uh, first and second team offense and defense, they were switching back and forth periodically throughout the day. And they're utilizing those two fields. So you kind of have two different practices mm-hmm. going on. It does get kind of hard to follow, which is something <laughs> yeah, else sure. that Brent had brought up in that episode. Uh, but it was definitely an interesting experience, and the fact that it was all business, it, it makes it feel like everything done has a purpose to it. And, uh, I mean, that just left me with a really, really good feeling. Well, um, two, now you're seeing with two different coaching staffs, you're seeing two different philosophies here, basically. Um, Dirk Cutter's staff. Uh, would mostly try to teach in the film room. Would mostly, you know, you'd go out and practice, obviously, and all the practices are filmed, um, and then they'd go back and review it then, and that's when they would coach, you know. Yeah. Um, Bruce Arian staff wants to coach 
on on the field now and a little bit in the film room. So in the film room, they might not be doing as much actual coaching as they are because they're doing so much on the field now. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and just like you said, though, you can't like music. It's a, like it's okay. It's nice for the fans or whatever to have something rather than I mean, because if there's a down period or something, I'm sure when you went, there was periods where nobody's really doing nothing. Yeah. Kind of boring, you know. You're sitting there in the, in the hot sun, um, and you know it's kind of kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, and and having the music is nice, but when it's you know it's clearly um, the Bucks team did, couldn't handle it. So um, like, there's multiple people teams that have tr- you know music at training camp. Um, there's these multiple are, teams. These are teams who I'm sure have been in the playoffs sometime within the last twelve years. Um. Yeah. Yeah, considering the Browns and Bucks are the only ones that have been, yeah. Um, and right now the the Browns are having a lot of fun. So, oh, dude. Um, oh, I'm I'm so excited for that seven and nine year. I guess uh, I, I don't seven know. Seven and nine, it, uh, ten mm, and six, maybe division division seven and nine, ten and six. That's pretty. They're not different records right well, there. I'm, I'm, I'm talking. just saying you were like seven nine or uh, maybe <laughs> ten and six. They might miss the playoffs. They might make them. I, I think know. the I, I think the only division I think the only predictions I can make for the Browns is within their division. I don't think they're going to finish above Pittsburgh, and I think Baltimore's winning that division. So, okay. well, you're you're kind of you, you can't say anything bad about the Steelers because you might get in trouble. Yeah, so. I might get in trouble. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dog Pound Podcast. Oh man, oh man, don't say <laughs> so, it like but, that. But because... anyways. <laughs> Welcome so, to the Steel Curtain Podcast. No, oh, stop, um, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> so, let's so talk basically, about the Bucks. What what my point is is that like there's teams that have ping pong tables and basketball hoops in a locker room and stuff. Um, but like you said, you know those teams actually, you know, you don't have to go to the playoffs every year, but those teams have maybe won more than some of those teams have won more in one season than the Bucks did in two. That you know, which is ten games. Yeah. So, like the Patriots, they they won more this this past season than the Bucks did in two seasons combined. So, yeah. um, it, it's all right if they have a little bit of music at training camp, um, but it's definitely a breath of fresh air because um, clearly, and a lot of people would say, well, it's just musical. Well, clearly, something wasn't working, mm-hmm. um, and maybe it was the music that wasn't helping. Maybe it was, you know, maybe it wasn't, you know, maybe it was the music wasn't really a big deal. You won't know until you actually take it into action and change something so um seeing as that you know at times it can be boring but uh the, these players likely benefit from it right yeah and, and you also think about this is a change of culture that bruce arians is bringing in we've been saying it for months everyone has been saying it for months um but you have to start from the ground up you have to evaluate anything and everything to find because like you said something hasn't been working we don't know what it is it could be the music at training camp it could be the coaching it's the music at training camp is just a culture thing you know right but when presenting a new culture and bringing something like that forth uh you just want to put your best foot forward which means no distractions all business ready to go ready to work and do your job at camp and that's the atmosphere that's been presented an atmosphere like that is really, really good for some young guys, uh, especially guys that are going to need to step up. And, and we'll get to those guys in just a little bit. But talking more about training camp, you go, you watch the whole team, but you also want to watch some individuals. You know, we've seen some key position battles throughout. Uh, we've seen the kicker battle, which 
we'll talk about as well. Uh, <laughs> we've seen the running back battle. We've seen the last wide receiver spot battle, even the battle on the right side of the offensive line. You've just seen a lot of interesting storylines being told at different positions. But right now, I want to talk about the running back position because we have two big storylines out of there. First one is Ronald Jones, second round pick out of last year. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh, Maybe a, not, because it, <laughs> his rookie season was one to forget. So Yeah, but he's had a pretty good camp. And I'll say that for a while it seemed all but confirmed that Peyton Barber would be the starter for week one. Not to say that he's not now, but yes. Ronald Jones Ronald Jones is definitely held his own up until this point. Like I said, he's not yeah. playing to win the starting spot, uh, but he's showing vast improvement over anything that we've seen last year. And these are tackles where there have been instances where these guys are out here hitting each other. We're seeing oh, live yeah. action football from the bus. Something you haven't seen in four years. So. Exactly. I, I think I'm not even sure. I, saw... I can't remember even if if when with Lovey. I I'm not even I'm not 100 percent sure if they did live tackling or not. I know with Dirk, obviously they didn't, but I'm not sure about with Lovey. I'm not sure if they did or not. I I saw something on Twitter just recently. Um. And I don't remember who sent it out. I want to say maybe Greg Allman, but I could be wrong on that. It, but it was something about training camp, and it was like these past four days at training camp have had more tackling oh, yeah. than Dirk Cutter did his entire three years in Tampa. Oh, yeah. And that's something that really just <laughs> – it's something that really sticks out I think to it was, I think it was Pewter Report, I think. Okay, okay. One I of those, it sounds one of, like something Pewter Report would say. Yeah, one of the big guys. But – Within all of that, Ronald Jones is finding a way to get people's attention, and he definitely got our attention. He had a few plays that maybe he could have forgotten, and one crazy play on the tape that, that I was video. there. I, I did get that one on video. It's this one crazy play. So it's it's basically um, – I, I don't remember who was it. Jameis Winston was at quarterback. Dump route off to Ronald Jones. He catches it, makes his way up. He's going up the left side of the field. He looked great. He broke two or three tackles. Hurdled somebody, right? Hurdled somebody in the process. And then somewhere, I think someone either punched it out or he, he got tripped up and he dropped the ball. Jordan Whitehead scoops it up. Comes around to the other side of the field. And ready to just lay him out is number three, Jameis Winston. He missed the tackle. But if he would have made the tackle, it would have been the play of the day. He missed the tackle. I don't remember who wrapped him up, but it was it was uh, it was an he interesting. He could have if if Winston really wanted to. He probably could have. He could have yeah. tackled him, but he definitely made an effort, and and he was the last person I was expecting to see get down there that quickly. Well, and you know you're <laughs> you don't need to do that ever again. So that's <laughs> yeah, what Bruce really. Arians said, right? In his press in his press conference, he said, "I love the the competitiveness or whatever, but that, that's enough of that." Yeah. <laughs> But that was a crazy play. But overall, Ronald Jones has played to an ability that we really haven't seen him step to before. Well, um, and also and I, one thing I want to point out for your next point here. Okay. After that crazy play you said, right? Now that was, I mean, he had a good play, but that's that's a fumble, right? It, it is. It is. It wasn't like his knee was down. That's If that's a game, that is a fumble recovered by a defense. And yep. that great run is basically nothing. Nobody's going to remember that. Exactly. Um, so the you know that could get in your head, and for a guy who struggled last year, that could get in his head. Like two plays later, he comes back and they toss one outside, and he just rips it down the sideline. Yeah, um, for almost a touchdown. I think I'm not sure. I'm not. It might have been MJ, MJ Stewart. I think was the I one. It, I think it was MJ Stewart because it was Devin um, White and MJ Stewart were right behind him. Yeah, 
Yeah, and everybody, I saw everybody like, oh, Devin White's getting burnt. He didn't Listen, have a whole lot to do with that two, play. Two, two things. Yeah, one, he didn't. Two, I understand he's a fast linebacker, but he's not faster than Ronald Jones. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I understand, like, you got to realize this dude's still a linebacker, and that's a running back. So the running yeah. back's going to be faster. So Ronald Jones, I mean, basically what I'm trying to say is he's had a great camp. He's continuing to impress. Uh, do you think, depending on the preseason he has, he could potentially play well enough to shake things up at some point not, in the season? At some point, yeah, not week one. Like, it's just, this team just has too much faith in Peyton Barber. And honestly, Barber's had a quiet camp. It's been a solid camp. He hasn't been bad, um, especially pass-blocking-wise. Pass-blocking-wise, yeah, Barber has been close good. to it. Barber has been close to elite when it comes to, like, that safety coming off the edge, and Barber has to just bump him. Like, he's been really good at that. Um, so, and that's that's a bonus. That's something that, honestly, Ronald Jones probably isn't going to be the best at. Ah, he's, um, he's playing so, to make a name for himself in free agency at the end of the year, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, big year for Peyton Barber. You know, contract year, basically. So, Absolutely. Um, it's either he stays in Tampa or goes somewhere else if he's productive. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would bet money that the first four weeks at least it's Peyton Barber going to be starting. And then yeah. it'll it's going to be up to Ronald Jones. He's going to get limited carries, and he has to make the most of his limited carries. Um, if he does, maybe week eight, week nine, they shake things up. If that, obviously, if Barber's on fire, they won't. But right. um, let's say Peyton Barber's been up and down, up and down. Ronald Jones did limited carries, and he's looked pretty good. They might give you know, they might give him a game. They might say, hey, you know, take you know, we also take gotta, most of the carries this game, you know, you something like that. Yeah, you also got to think too, and that's what I was going to bring up was like, what kind of split are we going to be looking at? Let's say week one, you go into San Francisco. How okay. often a ratio of Peyton Barber to Ronald Jones in the backfield? In the back, well, see, I think on third down, you're going to see Ronald Jones more than Peyton Barber. Um, just because they think they, they like uh, Ronald Jones's, like, if you like a draw play or like a screen, I understand Ronald Jones's hands aren't the greatest, but that's also something that's been looking improved. Um, so uh, I would like, say. Just, on, just like on that play we talked about, he can catch the yeah, screen pass, yeah. but once he gets downfield, that's when he's going to let go of it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, just hand it to the other team, like like the water boy. Um, yeah, I, I, for, I forget the number, number forty two or something like that. He, he tries to remember the number uh, to uh, give it, to give him the ball. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so third down, I think Ronald Jones, um, and then maybe like guy like Andre Ellington, um, Peyton Barber, probably first and second down. Uh, I would say if I had to put like a percentage on it, like probably like 65% Barber, um, probably 25% Jones, 10% like other guy. Okay, I get you. Now, you brought up a name of the other guy, and that other guy was Andre Ellington, and that kind of brings us to our next training camp headline. One of the things that I've noticed – um, not only Ronald Jones at the second running back position, but the third running back spot, mm. we've got a little bit more of an intense battle going on. You got three big names that pop up Andre Ellington, who we know is, he's kind of a shifty receiving back and he's not a bad receiving back. Um, you, you've got Bruce Anderson who I'll be honest when I was there and he hasn't gotten my attention like the other guys have. Yeah. I know headed into training camp. He was the big name to watch and he was, I guess you could say first place in that battle, but 
I haven't seen a ton of them since they put the pads on. But this last guy is someone who I, I liked him last preseason. And I think he can be used in a lot of ways. And he's looked awesome these past few practices. That's number 44, Dari Ogimbwale. Um Is it Dari or Dare? I think it's Dare, ain't it? Dare, Dari, Dare. We'll go Dari just to be safe. Uh, but Dari Ogimbwale, I look at him and I see he's just a heavy runner. And he yeah. seems like he runs with all like of his Graham, weight. Like an Ernest Graham. He runs with his weight on top of him. Like he's yeah. carrying it on his shoulders. Um, but the thing is, is like we've seen him do some return stuff in the past as well. I remember last preseason they had him on some returns, and, and he did okay. Uh, he looks fast. He can catch passes. And he, he's really been making a name for himself lately. So, as I said, I liked him last preseason. Right now, he's my pick for that third running back spot. But, of <clears> course, <throat> with preseason, anything could change. Wow. Uh, but out of those three guys, which one of them jumps out to you? I would agree. Um, I think Dari's looked probably the best. Um, Ellington, a close second. I've been more impressed with Ellington than I thought I was going to be. Um, he he's looked pretty good. Uh, and, and honestly, Andre Ellington is a pretty good running back. Like um, I, I think oh, yeah. he's good. Uh, he, I don't know why he wasn't on an NFL team last year. Um, the year, his, I think his rookie year was 2014 or something like that. He was the starter in Arizona, um, and he did solid. And he was the starter because I watched All or Nothing, the, the 2015 season with the Arizona Cardinals, Bruce Arians. And Andre Ellington was the starter. And they, yeah. had, they had Chris Johnson behind him, and they had somebody else named David Johnson. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that guy. Um, so Andre Ellington was the starter. The only reason that Ellington lost a starting job was because he got hurt. He was the starter. He was the through training camp and the, the regular season. He got hurt like week one, I think, or something like that. And David Johnson had to come in, and Chris Johnson needed to split the load. So Ellington's a pretty solid back. Um, Bruce Aaron, Bruce Bruce Arians, Bruce Anderson um, hasn't done as much as I think some fans were expecting. Uh, I think some fans' expectations were a little bit too high for this guy. Uh, he still is an undrafted free agent. It's not like this guy's a third-round pick. Everybody's like, oh, that's Bruce Arians, David Johnson. David Johnson was a third-round pick. Bruce Anderson is an undrafted free agent. There's a difference. Yeah. Um, Bruce Anderson was productive in college, but he wasn't uh, productive enough, I guess, to get you know picked. So my prediction, and I, we're gonna, we'll probably do a 53-man roster prediction at the end of the preseason before the cuts come, but... Um, my prediction is that they're going to carry four running backs. It's going to be uh, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, Dario Gumbale, Andre Ellington, and they're going to put Bruce Anderson on the practice squad. That's nice. that's what I, th- I think will happen. Hey, I think it's a I think it's a fair <clears throat> enough assumption. But at the end of the day, it's always good news to hear that you have an intense battle going on between these guys because, like you said, Andre competition Ellington, competition's always good. Andre Ellington, he is a proven starter. He's a solid back. Uh, Bruce Anderson hasn't been super productive yet, but Dario Gambale, he's a guy who is kind of stuck around the Bucks for a little bit. Um, uh, ironically yeah, enough, he's, he's been there like two and a half years or so. Like he's been there longer than some people think. I don't even know if he's practice squad eligible, so I don't yeah. think like if they wanted to keep Bruce Anderson, I'm not sure if they could put Dario on there or not. Ironically <laughs> enough, though, Dario uh, dated one of my coworkers. I won't say who, huh. but it, I kind of had that weird connection with him for a little while. I don't think they date anymore, <laughs> but oh well, kind of cool to know. But running back position is looking pretty solid. If Rojo can take that next step, then we should be in some good shape with the offense this coming season. Now, 
Still focusing on training camp, of course. Let's take a look at the other side of the ball, and that's the defense. Evan, I don't know about you, dude, but this defense is finally looking <clears throat> legitimate. It looks yeah. like an NFL defense so far. They have yeah. been giving Jameis Winston in the offense all sorts of problems since the start of camp, and I mean, yeah. you hate to see it, but you like to see this defense doing so well, especially with guys just easing into roles like Devin White. He hasn't had an explosive training camp, but he looks like he belongs where he is because he's fitting in fairly well. And mm -hmm. uh, a collaborative effort between him and some pass rushers, they've definitely made some plays. I think one of the biggest plays that popped out from yesterday's practice, um, I think Devin White was sent on a blitz and it left Vita Vea basically completely unblocked one-on-one -on -one with yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, I saw that video. Um, so uh, these guys have looked good. What have you seen from this defense that really sticks out to you? Well, like you said, it's an NFL defense. Um, a lot of people are worried about um, Winston's interceptions, and they're always saying, oh, every time you see Gabbard, he's turned a pick. Um, yeah, interceptions have been up. Um, but it's also because for you know, this defense just – they're just putting – they're being really aggressive. And, you know, sometimes it's going to pay off. Sometimes it's going to burn them, of course. Um, but – you, you can't you can't uh, lie and say that um, this team this defense isn't at least a little bit improved. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, losing JPP is a bigger deal than a lot of people think. A lot of people, I am legitimately concerned about where the pass rush is going to come from. A lot of people just think, oh yeah, Carl Nassib, you know, Shaq Barrett, no Spence. Uh, okay, Shaq Barrett's been up and down. No Spence has looked decent, but he, you know. That, that, that's happened before. Carl Nass was probably good for at least, you know, five and a half, six sacks. But I, you're, you know, I, I just, I don't know. Everybody is counting on, you can't blitz every play. Like, everybody's like, oh, well, well uh, Devin White will be a pass rusher in this. System. No, okay. You're not going to blitz every, you can't. You, you, blitz, you will blitz get every burnt play. so many times. You blitz every play. Not only do you get burnt, but ultimately I think you walk away with more injuries. And that's the last thing you want for a guy like Devin White. Quan Alexander. Who, it, right. Quan, Quan Alexander's last play as a Buccaneer was on a blitz right up the middle. Exactly. So you want to keep your guys safe. But looking at that defensive line, I don't entirely disagree with you, but I, I've got a little bit more of an optimistic They'll view. be good at stopping the run. They, I don't be, think they're going to be, be gashed in the run game. They'll be, they'll great, be great at stopping the run. But you look at the interior defensive know. line, depending on who you have next to each other, you could be coming with a three-man rush, four-man rush, depends. But you oh, got no, it, ain't, it ain't no three-man rush. That ain't a thing in Todd Bull's vocabulary. All right. That well, ain't, that makes me feel better. Seven-man rush, maybe. That's... <laughs> But you look at the guys that are going to be playing next to each other. Like you said, Carl Nassib, it's safe to assume he's good for five or six sacks, but I, I feel like he might even get more if he's being utilized oh, yeah, he's well on this defense. Good. I'm just saying, like I said, the, in hope, right? Shaq Barrett, Shaq Barrett, ain't, Shaq Barrett ain't no slouch. Shaq, he ain't no I slouch, mean, but you don't, know, you don't know if he's a guy that can get nine, ten sacks. Uh, you don't. You don't, and I wouldn't say we expect him to get 9 or 10 sacks because, again, this is a different style of defense, an attacking 3-4 defense. So if we're going to see anyone sack totals go up, it's going to be Levante David and Devin yeah. White. Levante, Levante David is going to get a lot of time, not really blitzing up the uh, off the edge as much, but a lot of time blitzing up the middle. Right. Um, and they're hoping that when they do that, that'll free up uh, Vea or Sue 
um, one of those two. I'll make. Uh, I mean, I'll make a somewhat bold prediction here. I'll, <clears throat> I'll, I'll cast a take. I think they're going to pressure the quarterback better than they did last year, and that's a step in the right direction <laughs> because first half of last year wasn't great. But you look at the second half of last year under Duffner, and they really stepped it up in the sack department. I think they're going to have a chance to really just come with uh, not necessarily balanced defense, but I, I think they'll be better well, than you think they will. Well, okay, so. You, you, you say that they're going to get more pressure. Is this with a four-man rush? Like a regular four-man rush? I mean, not specifically, no. I think just as a defense okay. as a whole throughout the year, we're going to see a little more pressure on the quarterback then than we because I might got... I might I might agree with you there because then I think because I think they're going to blitz more. So I, I think they're they're going to get more pressure. Not saying they're going to get there. You're not saying that either. It's just right. they're going to get more pressure because and I, getting I don't... there no story. I don't look at this defensive line. I see an improved unit, but I, I also see a unit that that lost Gerald McCoy, as much as we hate to say it. I don't see a unit that's much better than last year's. Yeah. But I see well, a it's, unit it's worse. that it it's has, worse. It has an opportunity to thrive in a different system and a different defense that might work out better for that set of players. I'm, I'm Yeah, but... It, you got to admit that it's worse because losing – and it's not because they, they didn't cut Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul. No, I mean, yeah. It's, losing, just, it's, it's worse because of that. You know? Losing JPP and some long-term guys that have been there and know this – well, not necessarily know the system, but losing big names like Gerald McCoy and JPP, I'm not going to say that won't hurt them, but even with JPP out, I have an ounce of confidence – in this defense to at least disrupt some sort of quarterbacks. But uh, we've talked about the defensive line. We've talked about the linebackers. Let's take a look at this secondary, this very, very young secondary, which is a big topic of discussion. Um, And of all the names in that big, young secondary, Vernon Hargraves has really stuck out the most. He has had a hell of a camp. He always Mm -hmm. has a hell of a camp and then gets injured or disappears come the regular season. But he's on pace I think for a while he had like a pick of practice. I don't think he, he got, had. He I, had three turnovers in three days. Okay, he's making things happen. He's stepping up. He's playing like an NFL corner. There was a uh, there was an interception the day that I went to camp. Jameis Winston threw it. I think it was one of the only ones he threw all day. One or two that he threw that day. I don't remember. But Vernon Hargraves went way up there to get it. Like uh, it was that was um that was Gabbert. It was Gabbert? Okay. Yeah, I, I posted that one on the page. So. Got it. But either way, he went, yeah, he went way up. up there and made one hell of an effort to make that play happen. He's looked good so far in camp. Uh, I, I think if he carries on the pace that he's the pace that he's at now, I want to say he'll have two interceptions in the preseason. And I don't know. It's, it seems like he gets an interception every preseason. So um, I remember his rookie year versus the Jaguars, he had two. Um, in the same game. He had one against Cincinnati, I think, the next year. Yeah, the first games were Cincinnati, and last year he didn't have one, but, you know, it it always, yeah, he, I mean, he's a guy who, and this is, it's a big year for him, because basically, even though they did pick up his fifth-year option, this is basically still a contract year for him. Yeah. Um, Because if he doesn't perform, that that fifth-year option is not guaranteed until a certain date. So, they'll just cut him and save $9 million. Right. Um, that they wouldn't have to spend on him and can spend elsewhere. Um, so, yeah, it, it's big. It's, this is essentially a contract year. Yeah. Jameis Winston, the situation was a little bit different. When they picked up his fifth-year option, 
you basically assumed he was going to be back. With Vernon Hargraves, that there's no guarantee that he's going to be back. And honestly, there was a chance that they would have declined the option, but they feel Hargraves' camp and preseason last year helped him because he was strong last year, and he was actually pretty good week one versus New Orleans before he got hurt. That was the main reason why they picked up his option. Yeah, and if, the fact- he would have, if he would have struggled, they might have declined his option, making him an UFA at the end of this year instead right. of next year. And the fact that he has stuck around up until this point does show that the Buccaneers have a little bit of confidence well, in him to really step up. because decently has got to. That's his one Yeah, of his that's first his guy. That's his guy. But he is a guy who it, it wouldn't have surprised me if the Buccaneers declined his option and he just wasn't here right yeah. now. But right now, that's not well, the case. He would have been there. It just it, he would have just would have been a different unrestricted free agent this this upcoming offseason. A different situation. But what yeah. I'm saying is that there are a lot of factors to Vernon Hargraves over these past few years that got to stay know, healthy. It, you you got to stay healthy, but you also think about a little bit of the trouble he got into. I remember we covered it about a year uh, and a half ago. That whole video that whole on. video that didn't turn in, not, that didn't turn into anything because it wasn't anything. Because it wasn't anything. So I guess <laughs> let me just throw my point out the window but he's had the pressure on him these past few years to really step up and this year it means yeah. more than that, ever that whole video thing was so weird though like yeah. I, this kid just came, it came out of nowhere it did you you, you weren't i i don't know i don't know it yes. seemed like it was him but i guess the the substance if you guys don't know what we're talking about it was a video came out last year probably around right before the draft um i feel like it was right before the draft that um had a video of Vernon Hargraves smoking an unknown substance. And apparently it wasn't anything illegal because nobody did anything about it. Right. So like, I, he, I, was, he wasn't suspended. He wasn't fined. The NFL never investigated it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But so this, is the same, this is the same league that let Tyreek Hill um, what only get what a – how many games? No, no suspension at all. Yeah, you so, didn't get. They didn't yeah. discipline him at all. Which, uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's not my place to talk about that on here. But Chiefs Kingdom basically, podcast. Basically, basically, Vernon Hargraves has had the pressure to really step up, and I think he has an opportunity here to really prove that he should stick around. And this far in camp, he's looked like the best corner we have. Now we've talked about Vernon Hargraves. Let's talk about the rest of the secondary. Because a common theme this year in training camp is interceptions, and this secondary has quite a few of them. Um, can you accredit that to an offense that's still kind of learning the ropes, or can you accredit that to a secondary that's really starting to mesh? Because it is training camp. We haven't seen them in any game action. We haven't seen them against any other quarterbacks yeah. but Ryan Griffin, Blaine Gabbert, and Jameis Winston. So... I mean, are we confident about the secondary? Are, are we weary? Are we worried about it? Do we need Justin Evans back that badly? Because we need him back, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's not going to be ready by week one. Yeah, um, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think it's an offense that, you know, while and everybody says, well, Bruce Arians' system is similar to Dirk Cutter's. It is, but obviously it's still different. Um and, yeah, the biggest thing is that this – I think it's sort of 60-40 that 40% it's a new offense, 60% that the defense is just better coached um, because right now I guarantee you that in a game, the Bucks ain't offense ain't going to be getting blitzed as much as they have been. Um, it's been almost borderline ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I mean – how much – and there, there was rumors out there that 
Um, I believe Mark Cook had put out in a mailbag. Somebody had asked about James Winston's interceptions. And Mark Cook had said that they talked to somebody with, like, you know, like inside, like, the practice, like, the game plan, like, the game plan, like, for practice, what they try to get done. Yeah. And that person has said that they are telling Winston to try and force the ball in some spots to see what he can and can't do and to try and test the defense to see how well they're covering it. Um, obviously, some interceptions are completely on him. But when, like, if you see, like, Bruce Arians or Byron Leftwich say they like where James Winston's at, that's why. Because right now he's on track. It's yeah. not they, – they were expecting him to throw interceptions because they knew this is their plan for training camp. Yeah, and that's, um, that's something else. Looking at Jameis, I mean, we have seen some risky throws, even some of the ones that have paid that's off your, with touchdowns. Uh, so I can definitely see what you mean by that. It's, and, it's not – and that those throws are not going to change. Right, yeah. That's not something you're going to – he's Jameis Winston – He's going to make a throw that he thinks he can make, and at the end of the day, sometimes they're going to work, sometimes they won't. Yeah. Um, but I will tell you, one of the biggest things that I'm worried about this training camp so far is the offensive line, because it seems like of Not all good. the units, it seems Not like of all the units good. on the team, they are having the hardest time adjusting. Well, the depth uh, is horrible. But. Uh, yeah. One of the biggest things that I had seen when I was there just recently was Vita Vea absolutely made Ryan Jensen look foolish. And it has happened twice. It, well, happened, it happened last night, and it happened on Thursday when I was there. So In, in, his, in his defense, though. Wednesday. Well, Wednesday well, well, yeah, I was supposed to say yeah, last night was Thursday. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, <laughs> in his defense, no, wasn't it? No, Wednesday. It was Tuesday, right? Wednesday they had a day off. Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll Tuesday, go Tuesday. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Jeez. I'm in, so... in in Ryan Chance's defense, Vita is a strong dude. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I forget definitely. exactly what he bench pressed, but I guarantee you that if you compare you compare combine bench presses, I guarantee you Vita Vez is more than Ryan Chance's. Oh yeah. Um. He's just, he's just a mauler. Like, and you know, and a lot of people say, oh, you know, just being big and strong doesn't work. You know, like you're gonna have to. He's athletic enough. He's not the perfect athlete, but he's athletic enough to be able to move around and stuff. So, oh yeah, um, yeah. But go back to the offensive line. Their starting five is decent. Um, like I said, it does make the offensive line look bad when Todd Bowles is sending six guys every play. Um, it makes better, it look bad you when, you're blitz- yeah, it, when you're taking on blitzes like that. Absolutely, I can understand finding the hole, but you better hope it's decent after dumping all of this money into Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet. <laughs> I mean, those well, guys both, have played up to potential. Maybe Donovan Smith a little less so, than Ali Marpet. Uh, well, Ali Marpet is at you know, everything I've been told by multiple people that have been there, and the pewter report guys have even said this on our podcast. Ali Marpet is having an, an elite training camp. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's near perfect. Um, so you ain't got to worry about him. He's going to be he's gonna be a borderline pro bowl player this year. Uh, Ryan Jensen, I expect to improve. DeMar Dotson, I worry about DeMar Dotson's longevity. Donovan Smith, while you may not say that, oh, he's not the greatest, he doesn't miss games. He doesn't miss uh, games. He's very consistent. DeMar Dotson misses games. And the Bucks' backup tackle situation is... Is not good. Um, yeah, it, it's really not good. Uh, Caleb Benock had to play tackle. Caleb Benock can play tackle and guard. He's experienced at both. So he had to play tackle when DeMar Dotson was out. 
and it's just he's just not good. And yeah, uh, Alex Kappa, who's looked a little bit better um, as each day goes on. They still, in my mind, I still think they should have got a, a veteran guard, not Earl Watford. You know, right. you could have still signed him, but maybe like like Quinton Spain. He signed with the Bills. He's good. He's from the Titans. He was a starter with the Titans last year. Could have signed him. Um, yeah, you should have should have signed somebody. But yeah, the the depth is more concerning to me than the actual starting five. Yeah. Well. We'll have to see what these guys can do. Keep in mind, again, preseason is when we're going to find the answers to a lot of the things we're posing today. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. And, and guys, wins and the, the final, don't look at the final score. Just, just oh, yeah. watch how oh, the yeah. players play. But don't, the final score don't matter. But especially in the preseason, you're going to want to pay attention to the offensive line because, like you said, the biggest concern with that unit is depth because if yep. you got one guy go down, you really don't have too many well, to spare that can do that great of a job. And here's a nice little nice little segue for you. So preseason, that's going to determine a lot of these battles. And one of the biggest battles is the kicking battle. So oh man, one of the biggest battles. And I think and I, everybody asks me that. Well, who's going to win? Who's going to win? And I say, you know, it's going to depend on these preseason games. These training camp practices, yeah, it's nice. You make a kick in practice. The, in an actual game situation where you have people like really trying to block it, um, in an actual game with a stadium filled with fans and it counts. That's that's who's going to win the job. Whoever makes more of those kicks, extra points, field goals, no matter what they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Like Bucks go down Pittsburgh, this the drive stalls. Who's going to come out to kick the field goal first? Not sure. Probably Santos since he's a veteran. Um, but you never know. Uh, that'll be an interesting battle to watch. What? How do you think they're gonna do it? Do you think they're gonna do Santos Gay, Santos Gay, Gay, Santos Santos, something like just something like that? Like because it all depends if the Bucks don't score a point in the preseason. Right. What are you gonna do? I but, can I can only imagine. <clears throat> I think I think if they're gonna try anything with Gay, it truly depends on the distance. And I on, and I only say that because what's been proven to me so far from this kicking battle. Is that Matt Gay? He can hook the distance a little better than Kyrie Santos. Yeah, can. he's a stronger leg. Than he Santos has a does, much yeah. stronger leg. So I think if we're looking at a field goal and the Buccaneers are forty yards out, maybe it's a toss-up. But I think if you're looking at forty-five plus, they're going to give Matt Gay that opportunity because they just believe in him. I, I think. Well, I, I think they also want to see Santos hit. Oh yeah. One. Oh, yeah, so, they definitely like they're, they're not going to say, oh, it's 51, oh, let's send Gay out there. Oh, this one's 50, let's send Gay out there. They might do 51, right. all right, send Gay out there. 50, all right, well, Gay made his, so let's see if Santos can make his. But I think if we're I think if we're looking at, like, straight PATs, I think it'll be just like you said. They'll bring out Santos for one, Gay for the other one, and they'll just kind of go back and forth to whoever is up uh, in whatever position they're in. But that's an interesting battle as well because for a while they were neck and neck. And then the day yep. that I was there, Cairo Santos missed a few that he probably shouldn't have, and I think he hicked up. Uh, I think he hiccuped. But yep. Yeah, he did. And then well, Matt, right now. Matt, Matt Gay, Matt Gay missed two yesterday. But I think well, they were both from either f- the two numbers that are standing out in my head are fifty-two or fifty-six. One of those was from say, the same I distance. I want to say fifty-two. It was from the same distance, so he was. I think he was six for eight or something like that from right. the same distance. 
It's so, definitely I mean, interesting. Yeah. And, and but I'll for be the honest, first for the first four days or whatever, they both only missed like one kick. Yeah, like Jesus. And that that's why they were so neck and neck for a long time. But I'll tell you this too: we talked about it earlier. Any competition is good competition. So the fact that we have two kickers who are kicking well enough to you know arguably earn that top spot, that's pretty cool to see. And well, that uh, was I don't want to say. Go ahead. I don't want to say what we're all thinking. But you know what I'm thinking. I'm just I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to jinx us here. But the kicking situation looks uh, looks okay between them right now. I'm excited to see who wins um, the job. Well, yeah, like you said, the competition that was apparently, and there's multiple sources on this that that was Jason Light. It, Jason Light didn't regret picking Roberto Aguayo. Jason Light regretted not yeah, getting competition. Huh? I said, yeah, he'll say that. <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think. I mean, obviously now, but. His biggest regret, like as this was like before Roberto Guy was even cut, so like the, this, like this was like his second like training camp coming in. His biggest, and they signed Nick Folk for competition. Jason Light's biggest regret with with Aguayo was that his rookie year he never gave Aguayo competition. They had a kicker in there that was just a he just kicked a few kicks um, in games he. Didn't really kick. It was all Guayo, and there was nobody to push Guayo at all. Right. It was if Guayo missed a kick, oh well, you missed a kick. You're still the only guy we got, so that's okay. <laughs> that 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 was one of Light's biggest regrets that he didn't sign a veteran that same offseason to compete with him. The right. next year he did, and the veteran ended up beating him out because Guayo just folded. So um, maybe maybe Guayo wouldn't even have made it out of the first training camp if they had competition. Who knows? But storyline is competition's always good that's that that's that should be the title for this show Absolutely. competition is always because that's what we've been talking about you know um the third running back spot the the cornerbacks um you know there's there's you know safety there's some there's been some pretty good plays to safety you know um you know whether it's uh, the fifth wide receiver spot, who Justin Watson and Bobo Wilson have looked good. Scotty Miller's been starting to pick it up too. Um, I think Justin Watson is a lock. Uh, just, yeah. a, just a quick little little thing here. I think Justin Watson, he's been having one of the best camps of, out of anybody. Um, and then that final spot, I think they're only going to carry five five receivers. So that final spot, they're going to go to Bobo Wilson or Scotty Miller. Um, if it goes to Bobo. They'll probably try to put Miller on the practice squad, but I think Scotty Miller probably has the edge because the new coaching staff. Um, I think Jason Light likes Bobo, but Jason Light also picked Scotty Miller. So we'll Scotty, and that was something I was going to bring up as well. I I, I don't want to say he has that advantage, but looking at Scotty Miller and Bobo Wilson next to each other, Scotty Miller is much faster than Bobo Wilson is. Oh yeah, um, I mean Scotty Moore's a burner. He's the fastest receiver they have. Yeah, him, him and Brashard Perryman are the two fastest receivers. And I imagine with the preseason coming up, maybe we'll see Justin Watson or Scotty Miller step into a returner role because uh, they like Probably, to play around with their returners yeah. in the preseason. Yeah, I mean that. Oh, this is the time to experiment. I mean, if you want to experiment in anything, it, do it then, right? Yep. Like definitely. Um, the preseason has a bunch of wacky plays, including a kick six. Right? We all we've all seen that from Adam Humphreys last year. Oh, that was awesome! Uh, it always seems like every preseason there's like it's mostly with the Bucks too. There's like a wacky play that never happens in the regular season. Right, but, but it, if it, it just happens in the but preseason. if it did, it'd be on Sports Center for a week straight. Yeah, 
Yeah, but since it's in the preseason, it was on Tour Center for a day. It probably was the number one play on top ten. Yeah, but after that, that was it. <laughs> yeah, you won't see the NFL posting about it on Instagram. Probably six the number times one player. Year. Probably the number one play of the preseason. But I mean, it's the preseason, so yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's weird. So, taking a look at training camp as a whole, this is definitely an improved unit. There are some areas that still need some work. Some. Some question marks headed into the preseason, but like we said, that's where everything's going to get figured out. First game is a week from today against Pittsburgh. I will be in that stadium sitting a few rows back behind the Buccaneers bench, uh, and it's going to be a great time. Let's look at training camp as a whole so far. I think the biggest thing that we've seen comparing this to other years, coaching matters. Um, coaching matters, Evan. Like What we're seeing on display so far is everyone out there just getting coached up? Guys being talked to who wouldn't normally get an opportunity to be talked to and coached up. It's all about making sure everyone gets their reps and, and making sure these guys are as informed as possible about the changes that are being made because this is a changing team. New defense, adjusted offense. They're going to want to learn, and they're put in an environment to learn. Like we said before, yeah. training camp has been all business from the get-go. So it's the best environment for these young guys to be in. And uh, I'm excited about it going forward. I truly think we're going to see a different identity Tampa Bay Buccaneers team this year. It might not be an 11-12 win identity. Not yet. I hope not. I don't want to do that smoothie. Not yet. But maybe we'll see them win more than five games, which I believe they will. I I think it's pretty safe. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want, if you guys want to know our full predictions, make sure you check out our last episode. That is our season prediction show. Um, pretty evergreen up until the preseason starts. Got some great analysis there. And yeah. actually, shout out to uh, Johnny Dean at Bucks Report. He put out an article responding to our season predictions. Uh, he broke it down. I think it was the first five games of the season that he did. But at the end of the day, whether he agrees with us or not, the fact that people are paying enough attention to put something out there like that is is great to see so uh so thank you johnny and shout out to the guys at bucks report but evan before we move on to some fan questions that we have what are your overall thoughts on training camp thus far i mean i i think the defense has surprised me a little bit i I didn't really see them as doing as good as they have been uh it's been a little bit surprising um Quarterbacks got to step up. Offense as a whole has to step up. Uh, this offense has been rattled. Like um, I'm not sure. Like Bruce Arians probably knew what the defense was going to do, um, but just didn't tell the offense. Yeah. And um, <laughs> because he wanted to probably want to see how they reacted. So um, the, yeah, this offense. You know, they they picked it up a little bit on Tuesday. Had a down day yesterday, and they have practice in about four, no, about fifty minutes. So, um, six thirty, they have practice tonight. So, um, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, just just keep following the page of training camp updates, and uh, you'll never miss a beat. Absolutely. So, with that being said, moving on from training camp, we're going to transition into some fan questions that were sent in to us on Twitter. And uh, if you ever want to have any questions for us or anything you need answered, just hit us up on Twitter at Cannon Fire Pod. Trying to be much more active on there lately, especially with things picking up. Um, so let's connect on the social media. But let's break down these questions. First and foremost, at Zammy Pup asks this. 
If Trent Williams is indeed available, A, could the Bucks be in play as a viable destination? B, let's say we did land him. Would Smith uh, would Sm Donovan Smith move to right tackle, or would Williams move to right tackle? Uh, to answer that first question, I don't think the Bucks are a viable destination for Trent Williams. I, I just don't think it's realistically possible. Um, but let's say we did get him, right? Hypothetically, that would be kind of interesting. Would Donovan Smith be forced to move to right tackle, or do you think they'd plug Williams into that role? Um... I'm not sure. It all depends on if they think if they think Williams can still do it at left tackle. Um, probably. I think they'd probably put Williams at left tackle just because I think he's a better left tackle than Smith. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I'd say, like I said, they're not going to get Trent Williams because right. they're, they're just not going to pay. They already, they're already paying three offensive linemen over $10 million. They're not going to pay another one. Yeah. Um, you, you don't do that. Um Normally, you have two or three that are paid over 10, and then the rest are just... Um, so, yeah, if, if they were to acquire him, it likely would be him at left tackle, Thomas Smith at right, and then some with the Mardots, and I don't even know. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. Well, following the theme of our next question here is the Buccaneers' lack of money. Uh, <laughs> this question comes from Ryan Me 45 and he asks this. Should the Bucks consider going after Melvin Gordon? Uh, no. No, they shouldn't. It, it's, I mean, it's not going to happen. Same thing with Trent Williams. It's just not a situation where, realistically, we can see this happening. Yeah. Not only because of no money, but trading for a disgruntled running back never did anyone any favors. And Bruce Arians well, is... drafting one. Drafting one, too, in a fantasy league, right? That doesn't do anybody any good. <laughs> oh, so. man. I, at least I got my apology from Le'Veon Bell, by the way. He did. He sent, he he did. sent out an official apology, so I guess everything is okay. I can totally forget about the one in, one in nine, one in ten year I had last year. Um, <laughs> but basically, back to Melvin Gordon, no. It's not going to happen. It, it, there's just no need for it to happen. Bruce Arians has made it quite clear he's happy with the group that we have. We just talked about the competition at the third running back spot, which is already a nice place to be. So you've got some guys that can potentially get some things done depending on if they step up. Peyton Barber's established. Ronald Jones has a chance to take that step. So to throw Melvin Gordon in the mix, as yeah. I said, wouldn't do anyone if, any favors. If, if you put a gun to my head and said who's more likely to be a buck, I'd say Trent, uh, either Trent Williams or Melvin Gordon. I would say Trent Williams. Um, yeah, yeah. It's I like mean, that, that. That's more likely than Melvin Gordon, and that probably has like a ten percent chance of happening. So you know, with the way that some Bucks fans can get, it wouldn't surprise me if someone threatened your life <clears throat> over something like this. Uh, but maybe, let's, maybe. But let's, yeah. but let's hope that doesn't happen in the near future. Um, but before we start to wrap up and get out of here, we do have a couple of quick announcements for you guys. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I've mentioned it on every damn show we've done the past two months because I'm just so excited about it. Uh, I will be in Pittsburgh next week for the game. So there's not going to be an episode coming out next week. I'm sure we'll do some sort of Instagram live. So if you want to follow us over there at Cannon Fire Podcast, we'll go live. Maybe we'll break down some of what we had seen from training camp. And, of course, I'll try and do some live coverage from the game. Uh, so make sure you follow us there at Cannon Fire Podcast on Instagram. And our other announcement Something very, very exciting. Something very near and dear to my heart right now. Uh, if you guys have not heard, the Cannon Fire podcast was nominated for Best Local Podcast in all of Tampa Bay by the Creative Loafing Tampa Best of the Bay Awards. So we couldn't have been nominated without each and every one of you who went out and manually nominated us. 
So we asked you to do that last time. You helped us get there. Thank you so much for the support. It really is an honor to be nominated. But with that being said, make sure you vote for us now because it's the real deal. The link is available on all of our social media outlets. You can go on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I've posted them all up there. Polls are open for the contest right now through August 28th. So like I said, find the link on our social media. It'll take you directly to the best local podcast ballot with the Cannon Fire podcast. And make sure you vote for us. But with all of that being said, thank you so much for getting us there in the first place. Well, ladies and gentlemen... That's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening or watching with video, whether it was on YouTube or BucksReport.com. Shout out to our guys at BucksReport.com, continuing the great coverage with press uh, press credentials this year. So they've got a lot of great stories rolling out for you guys over there. And, of course, the Bucks Report Podcast Network, something you're going to check out because it is a great selection of show. Real Bucks Talk, Buck What You Heard, Bucks Ball Podcast, and many more to choose from over there at BucksReport.com. And also a shout-out to our sponsor, the East Bay Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Youth Football League, East Bay Buccaneers. Their season is just getting started, so registration is closed. They aren't accepting players anymore. But, guys, when I tell you about this little league football team, you can roll your eyes and say it's Pop Warner football. It is what it is. Uh, But these Bucks don't lose. I have gone to games where the 7-year-old team blows out another team like 82-3. to and they have to run clock because it's a mercy roll. This is real deal Little League athletics. And if next fall you're looking for something for your kids to do, send them to a winner. It really is a great program, and uh, we're lucky enough to have them sponsor us here at CFP. So as we wrap things up, again, make sure you follow us on social media. I just plugged all of that. You can follow myself on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, right above my name there on the video, R-H-E-T-T. Or a- R-H-E-T-T, A-K-U-S. Good Lord. Stumbling Come on. Over my... Yeah, I'm ready to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you can also follow my co-host, Evan, on Instagram and Twitter, at BucksWave, formerly Bucks Football. With all of that you being said. These should be up there, right? Yeah, it, it, both of them are up there. They're not <laughs> hyperlinks. They're not clickable. But if you have any questions about spelling them, make sure you check it out on the video portion. So thank you guys so much for listening. We're very, very excited about training camp, preseason coming ahead. And football is back, Evan. So it really is. is the best time of year. With all that being said, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.